This is the Big Branding Small Business Podcast with brand strategist and designer, Jeremy Allen. He helps small businesses with a big branding approach. In this episode, Jeremy, what big branding for small business will we be talking about today? I am super excited, a little bit in the weeds with you guys about um, what to expect. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, part of my educational journey in dealing with small businesses is to give them at least an arsenal of questions um, or thoughts to even consider when we're working with a brand strategist or designer. Again, it depends on the brand itself. Uh, I've seen some small businesses have an empire, if you will, of uh, objectives that they wanted to achieve within their small business. Being just the local person there to being uh, a lobbyist for the government and their brand being an extension of that to even creating world-class facilities uh, for athletes and things like that. So ultimately, it depends on the brand and depends on where they want to go. Uh, again, I've mentioned several times that your our goal is to uh, envision a future uh, for your business and also for your clients. And one that you want to invite your clients in on that journey with you uh, to be your biggest fan and supporter and advocate. That all starts with strategy. I know that is something that I beat to death. Strategy, strategy, strategy. But when the hard work, when the effort is put in at the very beginning and these conversations are had, uh, these questions or strategic questions are asked, these considerations are uh, thought of that uh, in some cases you can take somebody that doesn't really have a clue uh, to having just a clear vision of what they want to build. And then sometimes even more so uh, you can showcase possibilities that they may have not even considered. So that's what I love about taking more of the creative approach uh, than just the flat business canvas business model approach uh, to when small businesses are building their business. Uh, it's, it's, it's not to advocate for all brand strategies or say you have to do this, but I just really want to illuminate to small businesses that is, it's a good investment. Like it can pay dividends. And uh, I can touch upon uh, something else uh, that I thought of uh, as far as the paying dividends from the marketing side and advertising side a little bit later. But the strategy is the beginning. The strategy should consist of strategic questions. Uh, certain questions, they may seem off base, like I mentioned in the last episode of what is your favorite animal? And if you were an animal, what would you be? Uh, those seem silly and seem ridiculous. One of mine is like, uh, basically, if you were at a cocktail party, like, how would you dress? How would What would you drink? Who would you interact with? Would you hang in a corner? Would you wait on a conversation to open up? So all these considerations really lead you down to your ultimately your personality and you can extract components of a brand's personality or a person's personality through how they answer these questions. So that is the ultimate beginning is the strategy component. Well, I would love to know because, you know, it got me curious of like, what, what kind of animal would I be? So can you give me, if I get, tell you or give me a question and I'll answer it and you kind of walk me through it. I mean, that's putting me on the spot, but I'll do my best. Okay kind of animal would you be if you were a brand? If I was a brand? 
Yeah. If you're a brand or even like if you're a personal brand, I mean, yes, you're going to answer it as like, Hey, what do you envision your brand being? What kind of animal? Um, and the reason I say you put me on the spot, cause that's not one I use a lot okay. of, um, but again, I understand why that, and that's, that's how you can give a strategic answer is understanding the why behind the question. Again, this is the why everything revolves around the why answer that question. And then we'll go into the cocktail party one. Cause I, okay, I know perfect. I can probably do that one a little bit better. Perfect. Yeah. I would totally be a Leo. I'm a Leo. So I would totally pick a lion. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's talk about the cocktail party one. That sounds like fun too. Yeah. So, I mean, Leo line, um, I mean, I myself am a Leo as well. And knowing a lot of times we want to go to the characteristics. You go to websites, oh, what are the characteristics of a Leo? And really kind of expound from there. But just purely looking at a lion um, in its character traits, because ultimately that's what the question leads you to think about is the character traits of a certain particular animal. Um, I mean, I've had someone ask me or say they wanted to be an ostrich, which I thought was a very weird answer, but... <laughs> You started looking at the characteristics of ostrich, and you're like, "Oh, there are personality traits within that um, mm. that they that they can align with." So, um, not everybody here can see, you, but you've got a little fiery red tips at the end, blonde hair uh, on top. So, uh, I totally see that being a lion and a Leo, and um, and as a fellow Leo, um, we we like to be in the spotlight. But we also like to, we care. Like, I, I mean, mm -hmm. I'm not the browbeat the word that we've used a lot, but uh, we're very empathetic. Um, mm. But um, we we like to be out in front sometimes, or, or or at least not afraid to be out in front. I myself have, have worked over imposter syndrome over the years, uh, building my business and even working for uh, my local church where I've had to get up and speak in front of people. It is something that does kind of give me energy afterward or afterwards, but beforehand, it's like, I'm a nervous wreck. Um, and even going into this podcast, I mean, there's, there's nerves that go into it because of that imposter syndrome, but it gives us life. It gives us energy when we're able to connect with other people. Uh, we're definitely people, 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 persons or people, Leos or however you want to say that. And, um, but yeah, I could totally see you being that. And so I would just pull out some of those character traits and then kind of bring them back to you and just say, hey, do you agree that this is you? This is the path. And just to make document of it and picking a, a Leo font, um, if you will. I mean, that would lead me down the path of um, looking at something that's a little sturdy, but also has a little bit of a, a flair to it, if you will, that's got a unique design component to it. And then also some... I would go lead me down the path of thinking for bolder colors, um, but also with some subtle uh, neutrals uh, to kind of uh, not overpunch the palette, if you will, uh, with bright colors, uh, that, because that could just visually become overwhelming in a lot of cases. Uh, so that's kind of uh, just off that one question. You can make some educated decisions off that, um, but going into the cocktail party. And that one with the other questions that I give away on my website um, is basically you get a lot from the cocktail party. So how if you went to a, an industry cocktail party, so whatever industry uh, you're in, um, 
what would you dress like? I mean, would you dress casual? Would you do black tie? Would you just think about those things? And then also, um, what kind of drink would you have? I mean, are you a beer? Are you a wine? Are you a rosé? Are you a whiskey? Whatever the case may be. And then also, how would you interact? Um, would you strategically pick your uh, conversations? Uh, listen to the whole room? I mean, just that's kind of the things that you need to think about when trying to answer these questions. Mm. So I'm going to answer that question if that's okay. okay. Yeah. Go for it. So I would wear a, if it was a cocktail party, I would wear a probably a little black dress. Um, okay. And when I say little, it's actually longer than little black dress. Okay. I was going, I was going, I was going to push you on that one. Uh, yeah. I was like how little? Yeah. No, not little at all. Uh, and, but I would also, I don't drink. So I would probably order a Sprite or ginger ale with lime. And um, how do I interact in the room is I've noticed this about myself in, in networking situations, because it's one of my favorite things I love to do. And I walk into a room and I scan the room to see if anyone appeals to my eye or their energy appeals to me. And I, then go, okay, is that the person I need to talk to? Or I just kind of look around and go, okay. And I am a prayerful person. So I will ask God, where do you want to take me? Where do you want to lead me? And every, both times, no matter which one I choose or go with have led me to the, the exact people I need to meet. Yeah, no, I love everything about that. So, uh, would you entertain, let me again, a good strategist, and this goes in line with the question, the original question, what to expect. A good strategist will dig um, a little bit deeper and ask more questions because there's always layers upon layers. I mean, it's like peeling an onion. Um, but what uh, would you entertain a mocktail? Well, that's a big thing now. Oh, would you entertain yeah. a mocktail or would you completely just stand your ground on the not drinking component of it? Uh, I'm just curious. No, I have had mocktails like um, a mocktail, uh-huh. like pina colada or strawberry daiquiri or a mojito. And and yes, they're actually very good. There is no trace of alcohol. And as long as I'm standing there, to be quite honest, as long as I'm standing there making sure there's no alcohol in them, then then yes, I, I will entertain that. Yeah. And so, again, asking this the questions upon the questions just leads me down to a clear picture of where you stand uh, as a personal brand uh, in your decision-making uh, in life. And it, I was going to push back on when you said little black dress, because I mean, little black dress, the first instance most people think of is a little black dress, but I was going to push like how little is little and it could be knee length. It could be ankle length. It could whatever. Um, and then I would even ask the question, like, what kind of black dress would you wear a sequin or what kind of material, what kind of, because I'm a complete design dork and I studied fashion in high school, like, would it, what kind of, uh, would you have an A-line? I mean, what kind of, what kind of cut would you have on this dress? Would you have an open back? Would it be low cut in the front or would it be more sheer covering in the top? Um, and then how would you accessorize that dress? Oh my, all those questions. Uh, it, honestly, it depends on my mood. Okay. That's what I would have to say on the mood of that day. So for me, the little black dress that I have in my closet range from knee length all the way to maxi dresses that hit the floor. Um, n- n- none of them are low back. None of them are low cut. Um, they are c- 
conservative-ish, no sheer or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And it just depends on whatever I feel good in that day. So for me, it's all about what brings me confidence. Yeah, no, I love all that. Um, and the accessories, do we, I don't know if our accessories, I did not. Accessories are always necklace, maybe necklace, but definitely earrings, definitely bracelets, probably um, a, my watch and uh, a little, probably a little black purse to go with it. Any jewels of these necklaces or gold or, or silver? Yeah, or? it could be both. Sometimes I like to okay. mix the two. Uh, mm-hmm. I am a full believer in mixing all the mediums. So I have rose gold a lot. I'll have silver and gold and I'll mix them all together. So sometimes I do colorful beads. Again, it just depends on my my mood. I have flamingo earrings. So I might just throw those on just for fun since I moved to Florida, uh, you know, just to, yeah. to, to be a little cheeky. Just depends on no, see, that's great. So if anybody's listening, I mean, she pretty much just painted a glorious picture. And that's what you want with these questions. That's just one of the six questions that we get into. Um, and I could probably push even further with more uh, in just that little bit that you gave me. Um, but I just want them to, people to understand that are listening, small business owners. It's like, you've got to dig. You've got to dig. Like, yes, I answered the, what kind of an animal. And we gave you some surface anal- uh, analysis of what you could pursue. And that can be helpful. That can be helpful. And there are a lot of marketers that position themselves as brand strategists at surface levels. And really their goal is to kind of at least steer you or point you in the right direction. And, Ultimately, I want to do that as well, but I, I want small businesses to understand that um, there's more beneath the surface than we think, than we can imagine. And that's why I think it's important to find the right strategist that you align with that can kind of ask those questions and go deeper with you. Um, that's just not running in a playbook. And um, But yeah, to kind of summarize what you said, I mean, what I see out of what you answered is um, that was beautiful with the the cheeky uh, flamingo uh, answer at the end because I was already kind of headed the direction of thinking uh, about eclectic, right? So there's some eclectic uh, component to your personality, to how you want to show up um, and your mood. So you it it might be that your brand has two or three different looks or whatever the case may be. Um, so those are considerations that help me make design decisions down the road. Um, and then the cheekiness, I mean, we could, we could have fun with that all day. We could throw some things at the wall and uh, see what kind of sticks. I mean, it could be a certain skew in a font. I mean, I've seen fonts that have one letter that's kind of cocked just a little bit that catches your eye, that it stands out, even even though everything else is just normal uh, business as usual, if you will. Um, Or it could be a a quirky mark. It could be a... I like to do this. This is something that if you look at my examples that I do, I always like to have a punchy color, like a bright, like an electric coral or uh, just a neon green or whatever the case may be, if the brand calls for it. Well, I love that you actually asked questions and then dive deeper, because one of the things that you mentioned in your own self is that imposter syndrome shows up. Mm. And 
I know from my own experience as a small business owner, and I believe in all entrepreneurs, imposter syndrome is one of those things that shows up a lot. Yeah. So if someone is battling that imposter syndrome, do you point it out or do you take extra care? We've used that word a lot, but do you really kind of dive deeper into really uncovering what's behind everything they're going through? I mean, I don't necessarily point out imposter syndrome, um, but I'll combat it if I sense it. Um, I, I mean, I don't necessarily know if it's my place to say, oh, you got imposter syndrome. We need to work on that. But if I detect it, then I will push back with the idea of what we're doing, asking these questions, um, seeing these things just to, to try to show them, give them a little taste of what is possible uh, and hopes and expectations that it will build their confidence. And, and, and it's not a cockiness. I'll be clear. There's a difference between cocky and confidence. Um, but just having that confidence and resting uh, assured on what you are doing is of value to somebody. Uh, and I just uh, will show them that, hey, like, whether it's through just general conversation we have beforehand or whether it's through the things that I present back to them um, in the exploration process and the recap that I like to give after my workshops is is basically um, just help combat if I do detect that. So, I mean, that's kind of how I would kind of work that if if I felt that with a brand I was working with. Well, and that's, really, I think one of the gems that hiring a brand strategist who is interactive with the client, like we discussed in another episode versus just going in online to a freelancer and, and, you know, hiring somebody over the internet, it's just a totally different vibe and feel and connection than, you know, what you're doing before. And I do want to mention this because it's something that you had brought up in a, a previous episode. So if you, the listeners, you got to go back and listen to find it, what we talked about, but you had mentioned something when they work with you as a brand strategist is that you like to use a mood board. Mm, So can you explain what that is and go into a little bit more detail? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Again, the strategy, the questions, the workshop, uh, I just briefly mentioned the recap and all the recap is, is saying, this is what I saw. Here's how I organized the information. Here's some words that describe, and then I present it back to you. We agree. Um, And then that next phase, uh, and sometimes depending on timelines uh, is put together with the recap is the, the visual exploration. So again, uh, we've talked about fonts and colors and things like that. And this, uh, the mood board or vibe board or visual exploration, it's roughly all the same thing. Um, I just, that is what I put together and that's what I call the physical document. Um, and there's a couple different approaches uh, that I have taken in my past. Um, and depending on the brand I'm working with and how much education uh, that I need to do, uh, I choose one versus the other. But ultimately, uh, just taking everything that we've done in the strategy and all those questions you saw or you heard how we pulled out some decision-making choices through that question as far as your personality, how you show up at the earrings and 
the type of dress and the drinks and things like that. And so that gives me a little bit clearer picture uh, of what you want to show up as in the world as a brand. And so I like to take that and then I'll put together uh, a one sheet or two sheet. I'll create two to three uh, different mood boards uh, or vibe boards and present them to you. And they usually they'll have some crossover components in some cases, again, depending on the brand and what we discover. But in a lot of cases, it might have completely two different approaches and they both work for the brand. So as you, a lot of our listeners interact with brands, well, not a lot. Most everybody interacts with a brand of some sort every single day and they show up in the world a certain way, whether it's good or bad or whatever the case may be. And I know I mentioned Target and I love how they showcase these new brands and they really show up full force and it looks amazing. It catches my attention. And so I take there, there is a language that each of these brands speak when they show up, whether it's the quirky or whether it's um, the modern or sophisticated or elegant or um, in just there's a ton of different components that we can look at. But I try to put that together in a simple little matrix and, and categorize uh, basically like a little grid uh, where I have four card quadrants. Um, and that's one approach I take where I'll say, hey all this design work over here this is where like this is a very modern look this is a very elegant look this is a very um just a retro look or whatever the case may be and then it's like where do you envision yourself in these designs and that's that's where you kind of combat the personal choice thing oh i really like the way that looks i like that that like that why do you like that because blah blah blah, blah whatever and then that helps give me even more of a clear picture. So again, it's a distillation process. Um, and some brands, I've just literally uh, shown them nine different panels from ranging from interior design to photography to uh, logo design to an actual like brochure or business card design. So again, design shows up everywhere. Everywhere you go, um, in certain, like you go to a cigar lounge, I mean, you envision the like smoky room with deep reds and rich greens and very classic, um, manly, if you will, uh, colors. You, I mean, I can envision some like crushed velvet couches that are tufted or have the, uh, I don't know what kind of arms they are, but just on the, uh, feet and just mahogany. So again, we experience brands, we experience design in our everyday life. It it plays a part in everybody's life, whether we realize it or not. Um, and then I just kind of bring that together based on everything we've done before, show it to them, and then give them a reason. This is how we want to show up. And here's some considerations we might take. It might be a font choice. It might be a color palette. And really be clear and concise about really explaining to them why I chose these nine different images and or looks uh, and how I'm going to take this and take it even further uh, in the next step. So really in the mood board or the vibe board, I mean, that really is the distillation process to help us make clear decisions towards achieving uh, the ultimate outcome, a brand that you love, that you swoon over and that other people will love and swoon over. So is there anything else that we need to know and what to expect from a brand strategist? 
I mean, there are multiple stages within the process that we have not covered. Um, I think these are kind of the core things to look at and consider. Um, it's, and it's really just that attention, the attention to you, the attention to your brand that a strategist and a brand designer needs to have. Um, I mean, we we could have 40 different episodes talking about each process, part of the process, step in the process um, along the way. And, and there are variables and that's why you hire somebody like this, because there are considerations that you may not have taken, um, that most good branch strategists are trained on to take. And, uh, again, we could do 40 different episodes on the following steps, but as far as my process that I work with small businesses, just from a timeline perspective and everything, um, that I've had, the privilege to work with is after the moon board and then that comes back and then that's where I go to work. So I've got my uh, strategic questions that give me the language foundation that also help me make the visual uh, decisions. And now I've got your visual distillation, your language distillation. And then that's where I go and craft the story, uh, pull out the mission and the vision and the values. I like to do three values and not just say, uh, I even have, I'll talk to a lot of brands and coach them on what not to choose as values or not to lean into, or basically say, these are things that I'm not going to say integrity. Well, you better have integrity if you're going to run a business, period. Like mm-hmm. you don't need that to be your value. There's a lot of not to company values but then the company values come out of that the brand promise as i like to call it and then also i will create your mark and or word mark and logo or whatever it's called for uh and present to you that one or possibly two options of where we could go based on our previous discussion and then after that we uh basically kind of whittle that down and we uh, fine tune it and polish it so that now you've agreed with that. You like everything here. You like something there maybe. And then we figure out a way to make it uh, clear and concise and all work together uh, based on the strategy foundation we've established. And then I, after that, it's, that's the final presentation. So then we're done. Um, and then what you should definitely receive from most brand strategies, bare minimum is a brand guideline book. And it probably needs to be more than one page and, or two to three pages. Um, most of the times they're going to be anywhere from 12, 14 pages. Uh, and I've seen one for, uh, a wonderful example is Big Brothers, Big Sisters. I got a hold of their brand guideline book and it was 60 something pages. But if I went into detail about what all they covered in that, it's amazing. Like it blew my mind that they considered even how to write an email to your customers and or new prospects and or different audience, A or B or C or D. And it it was a beautiful example. Mm, I love it. And so if people are listening to this and they are interested in moving forward and going to that next step of sitting down with you, who obviously takes so much care and consideration and thought during that exploration process, if they're ready for that next step, how can they connect with you? Yeah, it's pretty easy. Just go to my website. It's nobsbranding.com. 
And on there, you can learn a little bit more about me. Uh, we have a little story on there uh, about why I do what I do and have some uh, examples of some work I've done, uh, some of the clients I've worked on. And just, again, I love just helping small businesses get off the ground. And so I offer a free workshop template. You'll hear, you'll see that question I just asked you um, and kind of give you a brief paragraph how to dive deeper into that. And that's completely free. I just ask that you trade an email address for it. And, and then if you're ready to make a decision, then I'll follow up with you and uh, see if you want to schedule a 30-minute uh, DNA uh, discovery session. Well, thank you so much, Jeremy, for sharing your experience as a brand strategist and what to expect in working with you. This is the Big Branding Small Business Podcast with brand strategist and designer, Jeremy Allen. If you want to find out more, especially on how those questions that may seem simple really will tell you a lot about your brand and your personality, then you can find out more at his website at nobsbranding.com.